Welcome to Between the Worlds. I'm your host, Amanda Yates Garcia. Stay tuned and learn how to re-enchant your world with tarot, magic, and more. In this episode, we talk about the Knight of Pentacles, your guide to finding work that brings you pleasure. Dear ones, if you're starting to get a sense of what the lover's year might have in store for you and want to know more, please do join our Welcome Lovers Cards of the Year workshop this Sunday, the 15th of January at 11 a.m. If you can't be there live, we're going to send you out a replay. And you're definitely going to want to be there because we'll be looking at the ways that your personal card of the year and your soul card relates to the lover's card and how that might play out this year. And we'll do some ceremony around that. And you'll get tarot spreads, guided meditations, and a PDF and workshop on how you can form a deeper relationship to the lover's card and keep working with it throughout the year. The workshop is on sale on our website, betweentheworldspodcast.com. And remember, subscribers to our coven at the Jupiter level get the workshop with the cost of membership. Plus, they get access to our monthly tarot studio practice sessions. And you're invited, so we'd love to see you there. Hi there, Amanda here. I just wanted to say a quick note of thanks before we begin this episode. As many of you who follow me on Instagram or Facebook may know, as I was writing this episode, my beloved cat, my familiar pagan, passed away. And I cannot tell you how much I love that cat. She was part owl, part cat. I used to call her my pygmy lion because she was small but fierce and full of courage and love. And so, as you can imagine, it was a struggle to get this episode done in time. And I really want to thank Carolyn for her support and extra efforts to keep things running this week. I know um, it was hard, and I really appreciate you. And I also want to thank all of you out there listening. Your kindness and love has been such a tremendous support. And so many of you have sent messages of care, and it's meant so much to me to know that you care that you're thinking of me and to hear from you. And I especially wanted to thank Nick Matos at the Shift Network, which is a transformational media and event network that I've done a few projects with. And out of the blue, they emailed me to tell me that in Pagan's honor, they've had a grove of 11 trees planted in her memory in Superior National Forest. And... It's just so beautiful, and I was so moved by that gesture, and I just want to dedicate that grove of trees to every single listener out there who is grieving, whether it's your familiar who has recently passed or your family member. I dedicate that grove also to you and your love, and I love the idea that Pagan's memory and her sacred grove and all of our sacred grove can be a place for our hearts to be restored. And I just want to say, Pagan, I will miss you so much. And I'll love you forever. And I hope you remember how much I love you as you travel between the worlds.
The Knight of Pentacles is the avatar of diligent work. They aren't so concerned with the existential question of why you might do something. We'll leave that to the Knight of Swords. Instead, the Knight of Pentacles focuses on the how of it and maybe the when of it. So if you ask, how should I do something? How should I complete my book or how should I look for work or whatever it is that you might be asking, your Knight of Pentacles will respond, do it well, do it with industry, make it strong and lasting, smooth the edges, apply consistent effort. And if you ask, when should I do it? This night, the Knight of Pentacles responds, do it every day. Keep showing up. Let your rhythms be aligned with the sun and the directions of the earth. Show up in joy again and again and again. If the Knight of Pentacles appears to you in a reading, let's say it was a spiritual reading, the Knight might be encouraging you to show up consistently in your meditation practice, even when you don't feel like it. Creatively, the Knight of Pentacles appearing in your reading might mean persevering, even when you're feeling stuck or unmotivated. Politically, the Knight of Pentacles represents the behind-the-scenes work, the grunt work, showing up to meetings, earning the trust of the people you're collaborating with. And if the Knight of Pentacles shows up in a work-related reading, that might signify craftsmanship, a drive towards reliability, going the extra mile to make sure your work is beautiful and strong. And if this night appears in a relationship reading, it's a call to do whatever is necessary to create stability with your partner or your partners or within yourself before you even seek a partner. But whatever kind of reading you're doing, the Knight of Pentacles wants you to do two things. To reduce risk, for instance, Knight of Pentacles likes a consistent income, it wants to feel secure. And to whistle while you work. The Knight of Pentacles wants you to find pleasure in your labors. In the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version of this card, a knight in shining armor sits astride a black stallion. Both the stallion and the knight are festooned with what looks like holly or some other kind of shrubbery at their brow. And in the right hand, the knight holds a golden pentacle, a talisman of abundance and good fortune. And behind them, the sky blazes the same golden yellow above a tilled field, red as blood. In the Thoth version of the deck, this card is known as the Prince of Discs. We really see the almost uncomfortably fertile nature of this card in this version. We see a figure naked on a black chariot drawn by a brown bull. Behind them, 
green baubles that look like grapes or fruit. And behind that, a field of flowers, sexy flowers with labial folds and protuberances and swollen grain. There's spiky seed pods and engorged stamens sticky with pollen. And on his helmet is a winged bull, like the one you see in the bottom left of the world card in the Major Arcana. And this knight carries a scepter, very much like the emperor's, in his right hand, and a globe of sacred geometries in his left. And if we were to imagine what kind of person this knight might be, well, she might be an environmental activist, or maybe they're a land offender, or maybe he's a beekeeper could be a doctor, an herbalist, a bringer of medicine. I also think someone who's like a personal trainer or coach, someone who initiates or encourages action or physicality might, might be represented by this card. Now, in the hermetic system of the Order of the Golden Dawn, the title for this card is Prince of the Chariot of the Earth. Prince and Emperor of Gnomes. What is the chariot of the earth? Well, a chariot is something that moves forward. It's a vehicle. It's a thing in motion. And in the Golden Dawn system, all the knights are chariots. They're all vehicles. For me, I think of the knights as pollinators. A pollinator is any being that participates in the insemination of a flower by rubbing what is essentially flower sperm on the ovules, the ovaries basically, of a plant, which then turns the ovule into a seed. So pollinators are vehicles or vectors for pollen, yes, but pollinators are so much more than that. They're in a co-creative, polyamorous relationship with the plants of their world, and they spend all day making love to flowers, helping the flowers bring new plants into the world. So we see in pollinators the sexy nature of the knights, specifically the knight of pentacles, the knight of earth, this randy, lusty, and on the pole, as they might say in the British Isles, night. So pages, as we know, do sometimes appear as messengers, as we talked about a couple weeks ago with the Page of Pentacles. But the knights take their message one step further. They activate. Their message activates whatever they're encountering. So we might think of the Knight of Pentacles as the activator of the earth, transforming pollen into seeds, transforming these basic materials into something that can grow and sprout and become something new. And when I watch pollinators, as I often do, whether they are bees or moths or hummingbirds or flies, I love to watch them as they go about their activities with an air of joy and pleasure, but also purposefulness. 
Have you ever noticed how bees always seem so focused? They exert the physical characteristics of the nights, I feel. So next time you see some pollinators in your area, observe them and notice how they operate because they're operating like the Knight of Pentacles might appear in your reading. I notice that the hummingbirds on my porch watch me warily from the corner of their shiny black eyes when they come to the feeder on my porch and they wait in the branches of the camphor tree to zoom down and bop any trespassing foe on the head when they come to steal the nectar. So my pollinators in my yard, they're, they're watchful, they're active, they're fully present, as is the Knight of Pentacles. And this might be an energy you might want to cultivate within yourself if the Knight of Pentacles comes up for you in a reading. If you get this card, you might also want to look around and notice what are the activating energies in your life right now? What is pollinating you? What is activating you? Or what are you activating? You know, maybe another person in your life, like maybe a new person is about to join your band who's going to bring the pollen, who's going to bring this activating life force energy and an awakening of the creative energies of your band, for example. Or maybe the card is suggesting that you seek out new flowers, that you go out looking for new fields, and you might want to ask yourself, what's attracting me right now that might need my activating energy? Like, Look around in your world to what is drawing you, like a flower, like a fragrance, like a beautiful color that's calling out for you to move into it somehow, to nuzzle it. So another thing that makes me feel like nights are pollinators, aside from the fact that, you know, I saw it in that trance vision that I told you about in the Page of Pentacles episode, is that nights correspond to the element of air. So Knight of Pentacles is heir of Earth. As you'll remember, on the Page of Pentacles, we discussed how the page is Earth of Earth. Knight is heir of Earth. Since most pollinators fly through the air, we might think of knights as one of the teams of the guardians of the air. For those of you witches out there who call in the guardians whenever you cast a circle, I think of the beings that live in the air and even the air itself as the literal guardians of the air. So remember that when you're calling in the elements at the beginning of your rituals, you're calling in the knights because the knights are the beings of the air. And you're calling in the fruit bats and the snout beetles and the surfid flies and the monarch butterflies and the native bees. And air itself both disperses and connects. So air brings life. A lot of people will say that life begins with the the first breath. So air brings life, and wind itself moves in gusts. And it's this force that moves us and shifts us, even though we can't see it. Air expands horizontally most of the time, and it moves across surfaces, and it fills the container, whatever container it's in. Air itself is also a pollinator. 
So it blows pollen and the feathery bristles of the dandelion and the cottonwood seeds and the whirling wings of the Samara trees, the maple and the elm and the ash, those anemophilus plants, the ones that release their pollen into the wind. I've mentioned before that in addition to seeing court cards as people, I also see them as places. And pollinators can't really be separated from their ecosystem. They're entangled with it. Pollinators and the plants that they pollinate co-evolve. They bring each other into being. And I'm just playing with all this material so that you have something to think about and work with when the Knight of Pentacles comes up in your reading. If you see it in the spread, what is the Knight pollinating? If the knight were a bee or a guardian of the air, how would it be moving through the spread? If we think of the wind flowing across your spread, what needs oxygen? Like what needs breath? Even though this knight is the knight of pentacles, so it's the knight of earth, but it's still air of earth. So it's like the breath of earth, or in this case, the pollinators of earth. So Tua Tia Douglas of the website Temple of Theola reminds us that bees, like all insects that spin cocoons or weave webs, demonstrate the miraculous interconnectedness of life, the intricate cellular structure that secretes the golden essence of life is an image of the network of invisible nature that relates all things to each other in an ordered and harmonious pattern. So the Knight of Pentacles is like a bee creating honeycomb in your reading, creating something beautiful, creating a network that relates everything to everything else. The Knight of Pentacles is the way that the life force flows through the ecosystem. It's a way that force moves like honey like pollen, like bees, like we do as we lick the honey from our fingertips. So consider this when the Knight of Pentacles or any night comes up for you. You're not separate from your environment. You're entangled with it. And there are flowers calling out for your attention, for your activation. And also, you are someone else's flower. Someone is activating you. Someone is awakening you. And so you're going to look around in your spread and see who, who, where is that night going? What is the flower in the reading that that night is moving towards? In the Western mystery traditions, air is the bringer of awareness, of voice and language. Air sees and speaks and listens. Of course, in tarot, the suit of air is usually related to or corresponding to the suit of swords. So we could also think of the Knight of Pentacles as the sword of the earth, bringing awareness and consciousness to matters of abundance and health and money and resources and home and the body. Let's talk correspondences. So please be patient with me while I go into this because the correspondences for the court cards can be truly confusing. I just want to say straight out of the gates that the most commonly used system of correspondences for the court cards is the one created by the British magical group, 
the Order of the Golden Dawn, who were active in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And in that system, kings correspond to fire, queens correspond to water, knights correspond to air, and pages to earth. Each knight and queen and so on corresponds to the element of their suit as well. So in the Page of Pentacles episode, we discussed how the Page of Pentacles is earth of earth because pages correspond to earth and pentacles, the suit also corresponds to earth. The Page of Cups, on the other hand, would be earth of water, if that makes sense, because pages are earth, but if they're in the suit of cups, then they're water. For me, it's helpful to consider the elemental correspondences of the court cards because the court cards are so puzzling. And if I can't think of what to say about them, or I'm not sure what a certain court card might mean in a reading, I can always speak on their relationship to the elements since earth, air, fire, and water are things that we all know and understand and experience every day. So that's why I find those correspondences helpful. But here's where things start to get a little complicated. First of all, not everyone agrees with the order of the Golden Dawn correspondence system. For instance, many people think that the knights correspond to fire, not air. I mean, it makes sense, right? Knights are bold and active, and so is fire. And we can easily see the pages, for instance, as air, and kind of light and quick, or the kings as earth, and uh, you know, concerned with the ancestors or you know, the material world or power. So this befuddling argument about which elements go with, you know, what court card goes back at least a hundred years because of this long conversation about whether the knights are actually kings because knights are virile and bold and active and vice versa. And a lot of that argument is mired in patriarchal turn of the century gender norms, and it's all just really confusing, and I'm not going to go into it right now. But if you're interested in learning more about it, check out T. Susan Chang's book, Tarot Correspondences, which is an incredible reference book for anyone who's deep into tarot. And side note, she was our guest on the Eight of Wands episode, so check out her work there. And you can also look at Lon Milo Duquette's Understanding Alistair Crowley's Thoth Tarot, if that's something you're interested in. But for the sake of my sanity, throughout the court card seasons, I'm going to use the Order of the Golden Dawn correspondence system since that's the one that is most commonly used. However, I encourage you to let the correspondences steep within you and keep checking in with yourself to see what feels right and what resonates for you. Build your knowledge base and over time, aim to understand the underlying principles of the cards so that they are useful to you. Remember, of course, I I mean, I know you all know this already, but the correspondences are only important to help you read the cards. They help you find something to say about them and make it relevant to you. They make it a richer experience for you when you're reading the cards. So build relationships with the cards, build relationships with the correspondences, let them become meaningful to you. The more threads of connection you weave, 
the more substantive your readings will be. But you don't need to have them memorized or anything. It's just something that might be helpful or useful. Okay, so the Knight of Pentacles then is heir of Earth, as we've already discussed. But there's another important correspondence here, which is the court card's relationship to the modalities in astrology. So in astrology, there are three modalities, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Each sign of the zodiac corresponds to one of these modalities, and they're all related to the seasons. So cardinal signs launch a season. They're an initiating energy, an inciting energy. So Aries, which begins on the spring equinox, launches us into the season of spring. And in fact, the entire astrological year begins on the spring equinox. So Aries is that like fiery beginning energy. Fixed signs put down roots into the season. They make the energy of the season stable and lasting. They are the the purest essence or the kind of deepest essence, I would say, of that season. So Taurus is a fixed earth sign. It roots into the earth like the rhizomatic roots of grasses. So as a fixed sign, it fully embodies the energy of spring. It happens in May. It's like that rain hits the earth and you know makes it fertile. It makes things grow. And so that is like the true essence of the season of spring. Mutable signs complete the season. They're said to reflect on what comes before and decide what needs to be changed and modified. The energy of the mutable signs prepares us for what's coming next. So it's a transitional moment between seasons. So Gemini is a mutable air sign, reflecting, considering, processing, preparing us for the next season, which is summer, which begins with Cancer on the summer solstice. And then we start again. Cancer is a cardinal water sign. So then we repeat for the season of summer. Does that make sense? So in the first of our court card episodes, the one on the page of pentacles, I said that the knights were cardinal, queens were fixed, and kings were mutable, because that's what feels most intuitive to me. But that's not how the order of the golden dawn sees it, it turns out. And in my own practice, that's okay, because I can contemplate my way through the court cards and deal with the glorious mess of it as I'm reading them. But for the sake of the podcast and for the sake of clarity for all of you, I'm going to modify my former position. And throughout the episodes, I'm going to go with the classic order of the Golden Dawn modality correspondences, which are, drumroll please, queens are cardinal, knights are fixed, and kings are mutable which means that the Knight of Pentacles is fixed earth, which means that the Knight of Pentacles is a Taurus. And the reason I'm going with the Order of the Golden Dawn correspondences is because on many decks, you will see the symbols for them in the cards. So if you're using the Thoth deck and you see the bull pulling the Prince of Earth in his chariot, the Prince of Earth being the Knight of Pentacles, The bull will remind you of Taurus, and if you get stuck reading the card, it will help you to think of Taurus the bull and its commitment to beauty, their stubbornness, her love of nature, his reliable 
earthy being, all of those Taurian qualities. The only thing is, Taurians also have a reputation for being lazy. And while my rising sign is Taurus, and in my moments of weakness, I can really get on my own case for being lazy, I can assure you that anyone who knows me will attest to what a hard and relentless worker I am, almost to a fault. And I think that's true of many of the Taurians that I know. More importantly, though, I think in relation particularly to this card, the Knight of Pentacles, is that the concept of laziness is something that we might want to consider throwing on the compost heap right now. I mean, if there's one thing our world does not need, it's more urgency in our working. We do not need to work harder. And the concept of laziness is especially infuriating when we consider how in our white supremacist colonialist culture, the term has often been directed at the people who've been forced to do backbreaking labor on behalf of their oppressors, enslaved people, migrant workers, the working classes have all been called lazy by the very people forcing them to do work, to work themselves to death on their behalf. And in fact, also bulls as well, speaking of Taurus, are known as beasts of burden. And the ox-drawn plow is one of the reasons why we now have the extractive society that we have, because oxes were able to pull heavy iron plows and tear at the earth in order to create higher plant yields of crops. But the ox was forced to do this. I mean, no ox wanted to be strapped to a chain all day pulling an iron weight through the ground and whipped and chained and, you know, die young when it should have been standing in shoulder-high tall grass or wading through the wetlands shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to velvet shoulder with its oxen friends. Did you know that bovine creatures have friends? They have certain cows that they prefer that they like to stand next to in the fields, which always moves me when I drive by them in pastures and I think, is the one that you're standing next to your bestie? I mean, that's just a side note, but when the Knight of Pentacles comes up, it might be worth it to ask yourself where your labor feels forced, where it feels extractive. It might be worth it to ask yourself which force has hitched you to the plow. It might be worth recognizing who your friends are and where you want to stand, what community you want to have around you. When I think of Taurus, I also think of the Great Plains buffalo, which of course is a Taurian creature. And that, you know, the buffalo did a great deal of work on behalf of their ecosystem, the Great Plains of Turtle Island. The buffalo tilled the soil with their hooves, creating dips in the soil for seeds and, and rain to penetrate. They grazed out the old grasses and made space for new life and new growth. They watered the plants with their urine. They provided tools and shelter and nourishment for the Ojibwe and the Lakota and the Cree and all the First Nations people of the Great Plains who are the traditional caretakers of those lands. So the buffalo are essential to the thriving of the entire ecosystem. And they did so much work on behalf of it, but their labors were not forced when they did that. They were not exhausted by their labors. They were just doing what buffaloes do. So they were working and they were doing the focused labor and efforts of the Knight of Pentacles, but they weren't yoked to a chariot and forced to make it 
go. So when the Knight of Pentacles comes up, please do not use this card as a weapon against yourself to tell yourself, suck it up, lazy bones, work harder, show up more, pick up your heels, chop, chop. Instead, move the way the buffalo move. Allow your body to tell you which way to go. Your true work is the work that you want to do. Bees want to go to the flower. They're drawn to its fragrance and its color. Their work is pleasure and woven into the fabric of their being. Final note on this subject, I want to acknowledge that not all of us have the privilege of only doing work that we want to do or even to listening to what our body wants. The same colonialist civilization that slaughtered all the buffalo and placed their First Nation guardians in concentration camps still runs the show here in the so-called U.S. and across the world. And the colonialist system does not permit us time to listen to our bodies, to grieve, or to do the work that we want to do. Most of us have to do the work the colonialist system wants us to do. And the most vulnerable among us are forced to work the hardest or risk being destroyed or treated as completely without value in our system. And I know that many of you out there listening to this are probably feeling exhausted right now and have many things that you want to do, like start a meditation practice or get out in the garden, but don't feel you have time to do. And unfortunately, the tarot can't fix our system for us. And as individuals, we can't just magic candle our way to a world where the work of love and care and creativity and justice is valued as it should be. We can't journal our way to the collapse of capitalist civilization, unfortunately. But the good news is I do believe that tarot comes to us in the service of life and ecological flourishing. At least it's evolving in that direction. And when the Knight of Pentacles appears, she is directing us to look for the flowers. Flowers that we can pollinate and which might just create seeds of a new civilization together. We as individual bees or individual bulls or individual people might not be able to create this new world alone. But in our hives and our herds, we can. So when the Knight of Pentacles appears in your reading, they're guiding you towards the flower, our beautiful, entangled, God-filled ecosystem wants you to pollinate. And your job is to find that flower and roll in it. You don't have to pollinate every flower. Just find your flower and let your pleasure guide you forward. And if there is a right path to be found, the Knight of Pentacles will help you find it. May my actions always please Steady oxen constantly As the night nods flower It's lovely face to I like to think of the knights in the tarot as working similarly to the knights in the myths of chivalry. In those myths, the knights are devoted to the lady or a lady. And in tarot, for me, I see that as devotion to the goddess. And for me, I understand the goddess as the living spirit of the land itself. 
the interconnected web of relations that dwells in places. So we could think of the Knight of Pentacles as serving the goddess of the earth. As I was developing this episode, the vision of the bee kept coming back to me and all the pollinators, and I kept having a vision of a Palo Verde tree in my neighborhood last summer, its sleek green branches aflame with yellow flowers, electric and shivering with bees and jeweled June beetles joyously going about their work. We might also then think about the Knight of Pentacles as a priestess of the bee goddess. In a marvelous book recommended by one of our Jupiter-level coveners, sadly I've forgotten which one, but if you're listening, please see this as a high five for me. In the book, When the Drummers Were Women, the author Lane Redmond says, Bees have an ancient reputation as the bringers of order, and their hives served as models for organizing temples in many Mediterranean cultures. Priestesses at Sibyl's temples in Asia Minor, Greece, and Rome were called Melissae or Melissa, the Greek and Latin word for bees. These priestesses were often prophets or oracles who entered an ecstatic trance induced by preparations that included ingestic honey. The Greek word for this state of transfigured consciousness is enthusiasmos, within is a god, the root of our word enthusiasm. So we can think then of the Knight of Pentacles or the priestess of the bee goddess as an enthusiastic being who has God within them. Please note that many goddesses such as Artemis, Rhea, Demeter, and Aphrodite were also said to have priestesses called Melissae. And remember also that many of the priestesses of Sibyl, in Greek her name is pronounced Kibeli, would have been considered trans women by today's standards, honoring, of course, that what it is to be trans changes throughout place and time. Since bees and pollinators co-evolve with their flowers, and flowers co-evolve with their ecosystems, could it also be true that the goddess and the knight who serves her are one and the same being? I'm thinking of the bee goddess of ancient Crete, whose epiphany and dancing priestesses appear on many a golden artifact throughout the ancient world. The Gnostic bishop and author of Secrets of the Serpent Bloodline, Tua Tia Douglas, discusses one of these objects, a gold ring from a tomb near Knossos, where she says that in Minoan Crete, priestesses dressed as bees are shown dancing together on a golden seal found buried with the dead. In Crete, the bee signified the life that comes from death, as did the scarab in Egypt. And on this ring, the bee goddess descends to the earth among snakes and lilies, worshipped by her priestesses who dance and raise their hands in the typical gesture of epiphany. Honey was used to embalm and preserve the bodies of the dead. 
And just past summer solstice, during the dog days of summer, when the great star Sirius rose in conjunction with the sun, as it did also in Sumeria and Egypt, in these two other countries, Sirius was explicitly the star of the goddess. Inanna in Sumeria and Isis in Egypt and Minoan temple palaces in Crete were oriented to this star. The rising of Sirius ended a 40-day ritual during which honey was gathered from the hives of bees in the darkness of the caves and the woods. The honey was then fermented into mead and drunk as an intoxicating liquor, accompanying the ecstatic rites. But here's where it starts to get really interesting for us. When we think about the Knight of Pentacles, who, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, corresponds to the sign of Taurus, and who, in the Thoth deck, wears a bull helmet and has a chariot drawn by a bull. As Tuatia Douglas describes it, the rites of honey and the ecstasy of the bee goddess are also present in the classical Greek myths of Dionysus himself originating in Crete and called the bull god. A bull was sacrificed with the rising star, Sirius, and the bees were seen as the resurrected form of the dead bull and also as the souls of the dead. This festival for the rising of Sirius that initiated the new year was thereby raised to the level of myth. And the myth was of Zoe, or Zoe, the indestructible life force, the awakening of bees from a dead bull. One of the original versions of these bee myths were recorded by the Roman poet Virgil. In Book 4 of Georgics, Virgil tells the story of the bee god, Aristeus, who chases the nymph Eurydice through a field where she gets bitten by a snake and dies. From there, she's sent to the underworld, where I see her becoming a kind of underworld goddess. Carolyn, the producer of Between the Worlds, made a beautiful performance about Eurydice that maybe, if we're lucky, she'll include a little clip of here. I hope she does. Eurydice's husband, the poet and musician Orpheus, curses Aristeus, for his violent intentions towards his enchanted bride. After that curse, all Aristeus' bees sicken and die. In some versions of the story, it's Eurydice's nymph sisters who exact revenge upon Aristeus by killing all of his bees. Either way, his bees died. And then devastated, Aristeus visits the fountain of the oracular nymph, Arethusa, from whose waters one could divine the connection between all things. And Arethusa tells him that in order to bring the bees back to life, Arethaeus must sacrifice a bull, which he does upon an altar high on a hill, and from the rotting carcasses of the cows emerged a new swarm of bees. In other words, from the body of the bull, the earth comes new life. So this bee-bull connection is not just in my mind or in our minds. This is a real thing. 
While the mundane meaning of the Knight of Pentacles is about diligent labor and hard work, the esoteric principle of the card is about the power of the life force itself permeating and emerging from decay and how that life force infuses each one of us and we each have the honor of drenching it upon the world. The labors of our lives, our daily work, is pollen we heave from flower to flower, singing song lines of connection throughout the world. And friends, I know I am on the right track with all of this, because as I was writing this, I was at the vet's office, and I was sitting in the parking lot of the vet's office, and I had my laptop pressed against the steering wheel while I was waiting for my cat to you know, have her appointment inside. We're not allowed in because of COVID. And as I was typing this very episode, as I was typing about the bees, I noticed a flickering on my steering wheel. And what do you think it was? A bee. It was a bee. It just sat there and I videotaped it, of course, as one does. And then I felt like it was a blessing from the bee goddess, which I send out to you now. A great way to do ritual around any tarot card or astrological element is to do the work of the card, support what it supports, love what it loves. So if you want to call more Knight of Pentacles energy into your life, celebrate the knights that you already see around you, the pollinators, the ones who bring the honey, the ones that awaken things. Plant a pollinator garden, support field workers and land defenders. If you defend pollinators, it's, uh, it resonates on an as above, so below, as within, so without level. If you do something good for them, if you help them, you help the pollinator and all of us. Where I live in California, native bees don't live in hives. They live in fallen wood or even in the ground. So I have little wood piles in my yard and I've made several attempts to grow milkweed, which is the main food source for monarch butterflies even though the sad, degraded soil in my yard just spits it out, but I keep trying. You might also give gratitude to the laborers. I love the suggestion Cassandra Snow gives for this card in her wonderful book, Queering the Tarot, where she says, When queering this card, it might be time to send a thank you card to those in your community doing the tireless grunt work reminding us that every right and dignity we have is because a bunch of people worked and sacrificed and labored so that we could have it. People pounded the pavement, had hard conversations. They showed up again and again, like those Knights of Pentacles. And she reminds us to make sure the people in our community who are doing that work are provided for practically and they have their needs met. This is another as above, so below kind of thing that we can do is to look around in our community and be like, who is doing a lot of work right now? Like, who is making everything possible for people? Are they okay? Do they have their needs met? Are they fully resourced? Are they fully cared for? And if that person is you who is doing all that grunt work and labor, I just want to say that I see you and I know how hard it is right now and that we're all working so hard and are so exhausted and I am praying and sending, you know, dances to the bee goddess that you, that you get some rest and some resource and some nourishment. 
If this is something that you are looking for, you might want to put some ethically sourced honey or flowers on your altar in honor of the bees. And you can also wear amber with its honeyed tones or place it on your altar. For the Greeks, amber was known as electron. And like the bees, it was considered an awakener and an activator. So if you're needing some of that electron energy, some of that Knight of Pentacles power, bring out the amber. So I'll leave you with the famous poem by the pastoral poet and friend to bees, Antonio Machado. And this poem, which you probably heard before, is called Last Night As I Was Sleeping. And I send it to you with a blessing. May the Knight of Pentacles do the work of dreams as he rides through your tarot readings. May she bring an awareness of your own goodness to your heart as bees bring honey. So here it is, last night as I was sleeping. Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that a spring was breaking out in my heart. I said, Along which secret aqueduct, O water, are you coming to me, water of a new life that I have never drunk? Last night as I was sleeping, I dreamt marvelous error that I had a beehive here inside my heart, and the golden bees were making white combs and sweet honey from my old failures. Last night, as I was sleeping, I dreamt, marvelous error, that a fiery sun was giving light inside my heart. It was fiery because I felt warmth as from a hearth, and sun because it gave light and brought tears to my eyes. Last night as I slept, I dreamt, marvelous error, that it was God I had here inside my heart. I feel like that's what the Knight of Pentacles is ultimately bringing us, an awareness of that divinity that's dwelling inside of us. Thank you for tuning in. So I'm going to be away in deep retreat, hours away from any phone, computer, or recording device for several weeks. So you'll have to wait a wee bit longer than usual for your next episode. But when we come back, we will be bringing you a bit of magic on the Queen of Pentacles. So if the Page of Pentacles is the Primordial Eve, and the Knight is the Champion of the Bee Goddess, then whoa, Nelly, the Queen must really be something. So be sure to subscribe to our iTunes channel so that you hear about the next episode as soon as it arrives. And if you're really going to miss us, don't forget to sign up for our Lover's Year Cards of the Year workshop this Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can't be there for it, you can get the replay. I hope to see you there. If you would like to sign up for our Welcome Lovers Cards of the Year workshop, the actual workshop is on the 16th of January at 11 a.m. PST. 
But if you can't be there in person, you will get the download after, which you can use forever. And you're going to want to sign up for that as soon as possible, though, because we're sending out some journal prompts, a meditation, and a tarot spread, and we'd love for you to do that as soon as you can so that you have time to work with it before the workshop actually happens and you come prepared to make the most of the ritual and the lover's year itself. And remember, subscribers to our coven get the Lover's Year Workshop included in the cost of membership. It is a great deal. It helps keep your life magical. And it helps keep us on the air. So everyone wins. Huzzah! And we are sending you off today with love. And we will see you between the worlds. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Subscribers to our Weird Circle at the Jupiter level get workshops, community, bonus content, and magical support throughout the year. We really do hope that you join us. In the meantime, if you love our content and want to keep us on the air, please do take a moment to give us five stars or leave us a sweet review on iTunes or share your favorite moments from the podcast on social media. Truly, all of it makes a huge difference to us. You can tag me at Oracle Valet or at Between the Worlds Podcast. Not only does your support help keep us on the air, It helps baby witches who really need this content know how to find their way to us between the worlds. So thank you for being here and thank you for helping other people find their way here as well. This podcast is hosted by Amanda Yates Garcia and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Ricks. Our icon was created by Maria Minnis, aka Tiny Parsnip, and our graphic design is by Leah Hayes. Thanks for flying with us. the night.